Hey guys, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On today's podcast, Misha and I discuss the return of the king of cringe, Henry Cejudo, who looks to be making his way out of retirement. Cannot wait to see what he does there. We also talk about why my husband was trending on social media. It may or may not have to do with um, a look that he wore to a very nice wedding. Let's get into it. But we're talking Henry Cejudo. So we've been talking about him a little bit here and there throughout the show. But yes, Henry Cejudo has entered himself back into USADA. Seems he is truly going to be making uh, his way back into the fight world. Um, I, I think I'm excited about this. Are you excited about this, Misha? I, I am. I'm, I, you know, he's one of the best talents to ever do it. I mean, in, yeah. And the fact that he's a double champ and the fact that he's throwing out the idea of going up to 145. I mean, let's get although, that triple champ right? status, baby. It goes with the theme. I'm just saying the triple C. It does. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I love wrestlers. I love wrestling base. I love what he was able to come into the sport and do. It's not easy um, to transition. And he did it seamlessly. And he took out, um, you know, one of the best to ever do it. Demetrius Johnson still mm-hmm. is, yeah, is like a goat in my opinion. He's one hundred percent. So no to doubt. see him lose to or to see him win was, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, no, for sure, it absolutely was. Um, what is it like as a fighter being retired? And getting that itch and realizing that, yeah, I do want to come back. I do want to be a part of this. I want to give it another go. There's, you know, cards that have been left unturned. What is that feeling like? And then really making that decision to come back. I wonder if he always planned to come back or if his retirement was real because he always kind of kept himself inserted in the mix. So I feel like this was different than my situation where I was done. I was burnt out. I was over it. I was like, MMA can take a hike. I am yeah. so, oh, I'm done with you. We are broken up. Forget it. Divorced. <laughs> um, we are never, ever, ever <laughs> exactly. getting back together. <laughs> I was so adamant that I would never fight again. But I, You know, this is a chick show when I break out in a a Taylor Swift song anyway sorry carry on it was perfect for the moment though it was Um, was. I I think that he always planned to come back and I think it was just he wanted to try to get people hungry for him to come back I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if that really worked um well because he's always talking you know I mean I feel like there's been the is he back is he not back people you know I don't think people were necessarily going to take this seriously until it was like oh he's actually entering the USADA pool okay yeah that changes things Exactly. And he was always, and, and it just, we weren't sure if it was like, is he, is he not? Like we're not, and it was long, really drawn out for a really long time. Uh-huh. So it's hard, I think, for, for fans to keep their focus on him for that many, like years, literally. Um, but to see him actually making some moves now definitely gets me excited. Um, he's a, just a, he's a great fighter. So I, I love watching the best do their thing. Absolutely. So it, it certainly excites me to think about him coming back and mixing up some different divisions, whether it's 135 or 145 would definitely have my eyebrows, you know, moving a little bit because, uh, yeah. we'll see, you know, if 145 can actually be something he can be successful at, or if, if, you know, if 135 is where he needs to, to stick his landing. Okay, before we get into the weight classes and where he should land and what all of that looks like, with the USADA pool, what is this six-month window when you enter it? And why, like, why is it for six months? 
Oh, so you have to re-enter so that you can test clean for six months, essentially. They want to be able to have ample time to make sure that you are, you're clean, like to test you, basically. They don't yeah. want any surprises. No, I know that, but it's like, I just am surprised at like the, that it's six months worth of that leading up to everything. Yeah, it seems I'm, like... I'm not sure why it needs to be six months, but I'm sure it's just like extra, extra thorough, you know? Yeah. It's like how they put hey, the expiration date on food before it actually goes bad, <laughs> you know? I just want to make sure yeah, yeah, that yeah. there's, you know, they got a little extra window in there. Give me a um, little window. I don't want to drink no spoiled milk. <laughs> right. Um, so I think it's just that really, but there are exceptions. I mean, I was an exception to the rule. I think I fought only with four months of testing in the pool and that was because... Um, because they, what do they say? They told me that they do make exceptions sometimes if the situation is just, it's just right. I guess it's personal. They just take into personal accountability. Um, okay. you know, I've never tested, I've never tested dirty before. Um, I was made myself available for crazy amount of testing inside the four months. And yeah, um, how many times did you get tested? I, a lot. I, I mean, I think it was like 12 times inside that which was quite a lot. Oh yeah. my god. That's why like I got my shirt and everything like right away because yeah. they tested me a lot. Um yeah, a lot a lot. And you know, every time it was like blood and urine, you know, it was never cuz sometimes they show up and they're like, "Oh, it's just urine this time or it's just blood," you know, but they were like, "No, yeah. we need it all. We're going to like do it up. We're going to make sure." Which was fine with me. Um yeah. but you know, sh- um yeah, they so so they could make an exception in that situation. You know, I left to have kids. Obviously, I didn't leave. I I think they want to make sure that people don't just retire to use steroids and sure. then still come, you know, come right back and only have like a month. So Here maybe I you're am. Still yeah. <laughs> clean at that point, but still reaping some of the benefits of like the leftovers sure. of steroids. So they sure. probably want to make sure that people are clean. You know, I left, obviously I had kids. Like I really was sincere about my retirement. I don't think they suspected mm-hmm. that I was like trying to manipulate the system, but I'm sure the yeah. six months just ensures that like, you know, if anybody did get a little froggy in their downtime that they didn't, froggy. um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know that they won't reap any kind of rewards coming back into the UFC. Right. It's out of your system. No dice. Um, okay. Let's look at the weight classes then. So for Cejudo to come back and fight at 145, would that essentially be easier for him in terms of cutting the weight? I'm not sure where he's at right now, but would that be a better spot to land while also looking to become that triple champ? Well, look, I, I still want him to go down to 135. I don't know why I'm so stuck on that. I guess that's because I see that as like his crown. Like that's his belt. You know what I mean? Like go get your belt mm-hmm. back. Like if you're going to come back, like do it. And you could always go up afterwards. However, it maybe makes sense for him. I'm sure that he hasn't fought in a while and being outside of, uh, you know, a, a training camp for such a long time that maybe he could ease his way, you know, down in the weight drop. But I have no idea what Henry Cejudo walks around. I mean, he doesn't look like, he, right. like, you know, got super beefy or anything. And he's a, he, he just, he is a 35. I mean, the fact that he's made 125 before he's, sure. you know, he's not a tall guy in stature by any means. I just think he would be awfully small for 145. However, um, I would be here for it. I'm not going to lie. If he shows up and he wants to fight Volkanovski at 145, I would, I would want to see what's going to happen. So I don't think there's really a wrong answer here. Um, I'm happy that he's, he's back. I love watching the man uh, create his craft. What do you, what would you like his first fight to be or who is that against? I mean, 
obviously taking weight classes into consideration with this, but who, who do you want to see? Uh, What's we, the most we, tantalizing situation? I like him in, in Aljo. I want to see what happens in that. Mm. I think Aljamain Sterling has been really dominant because of his wrestling. Well, what happens? How does, how does Aljo adjust when somebody has better wrestling than him? Right. Right. What kind of champion do we see rise to the occasion? And that's always fun to see um, how champions um, can really evolve and surprise us because we know Aljamain for his funky style and his wrestling and his grappling ability. But when you get a style in there that's going to test that, what does Aljo evolve to? What does he become? How does he adjust? And I I think that would be a really fun fight to watch. Um, Okay, so... You took your five years off. What was it like getting ready for that first fight back? How different did you feel mentally, physically? What was that whole prep like for you uh, to have those years off and then get back into it? Well, it took me a while. It took me about a year after having my son to feel like, um, you know, I was back on that. Like I was the, I was a professional athlete again. In the first six How long were- after having your son did you feel that way? Well, it took me six months before I started to feel like an athlete. And I'm talking like a, okay. like a, like a base level athlete, not like a pro, mm-hmm. like just like, you know, I feel athletic again. Um, yeah. It took me about six months. And then um, the next six months were really honing a skill. But you know what I really felt like? I felt like um, so refreshed and like I was able to absorb information again at a more rapid pace than when I had walked away from the sport. It was kind of like it was all congested and conjumbled in my brain of like so much sensory overload that I really didn't feel like I was getting, I looked at myself and I didn't feel like I was necessarily getting better between fights. And so it was like the law of diminishing return that I had kind of cleared my mind out and I was like ready to receive new information and actually Mm -hmm. become um, a more skilled athlete. So I really felt like I, I upped my skill level and have been able to learn a lot better because I haven't had a lot of the other things that were you know, bogging me down, so to speak. So I thought the time off was really good and it's what I needed. What was like that first like Oprah aha moment of like, oh, this is something that I was not able to learn before because of X, Y, and Z that you really like felt those things align? Well, one of my first sparring sessions back was against Casey O'Neill, who you're probably familiar with. Her last Mm -hmm. fight was against Roxanne Modafferi. And, um... You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't do well. Um, I was slow. I really had um, heavy feet. I was plotty. Um, it was, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I was like, okay, you know, and I knew, I expected that, right? I was like, I got ground to cover. Um, but how much I evolved and how quickly. So those markers, you know, and now when I spar her, like the very, the huge differences that I have, those are kind of moments that you go, Mm -hmm. ah, you know, like I have gotten so much better than when I, when I first came back and how much I've learned these things. And, um, you know, and, and, and Casey's the real deal. I mean, she is a, a phenomenal training partner for me. I'm really excited to see what she does with her future. She's undefeated. So, you know, shout out to my girl. She's, she's, she pushes me and, and I push her yeah. and I feel like we're great training partners, but just from that first sparring session back to where I'm at now, I'm like not even the same person, like yeah. not even in the same universe. So that's the moments that I look at and I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. 
Hey everybody, this is Lindsay Rhodes, and with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, The NFL Road Show? We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between with guests that go past the low-hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles, so please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. John and I got to attend a, a wedding over the, oh, it wasn't over the weekend. It was just last week. Um, Corey Graves, Carmella, we got to go uh, watch them in their, their wedded bliss. It was beautiful. It was such a great time. Um, and since then, it turns out that John has been trending on social media due to a, a group photo. If you've not seen it, um, it's on the internet. You can, you can find it somewhere. But it's everybody fully dressed up in like beautiful wedding gowns, all of these things. And then John, dead center in his wrestling boots, jeans, fanny pack, and a Cincinnati Bengals t-shirt and leather jacket. Um, in classic John fashion, I will say. Oh, here's the photo the for fanny us to pack, see. The fanny pack. The fanny it pack. Oh my God! Such a. It was such a great group of people. It was so much fun. But uh, like, so like, the reason. Did this? Did, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this: Did he like just show up to the wedding? Like, did you guys just walk in, or like, did he just never get comfortable? Because he looks like he's either just arriving or just leaving. Because he's like Jack. I mean, he looks like he's like ready to. <laughs> go on a hike or something i don't know okay so what happened was i flew into the wedding the day of i got there thursday morning and he had he was flying in from boston and he had to fly to miami because there was no other flights to get into uh, to where their wedding was and then he had to take an uber from the miami airport to where the wedding was um, after flights already being delayed, he was already crunching time. Like I showed up to the wedding with his suit, with his shoes. I had the whole thing. I had to find, uh, you know, one of the bartenders. I'm like, can I hang this somewhere until my husband gets here? Um, and then he's texting me and he's like, I'm going to be there in five minutes. I was like, cool, dude. Well, guess what? The wedding is starting. They're walking down the aisle. It's happening. As Carmela is walking down the aisle, he's at like the entrance with his luggage dressed as so. Um, and as everybody stood to watch the bride walk down the aisle, he was able to sneak in beside me to to watch the wedding. So that picture was right after the wedding actually happened. Um, and he, yeah, he was wearing it. He did change afterwards, I will say. He see? didn't change into what I we knew. fully bought, though. So he, he just put on, like, the black button-down shirt. Like, eh, what's the point? I already missed the wedding. And <laughs> in his defense, I do kind of agree. Did he need to put on the black pants? Did he, and we're, you know, it's Florida in the spring. It was already hot. You don't need to put on a, a jacket on top of that. Yeah. So, it, you know, he got the job done. And he left his shoes behind at the venue, as one does. Um, because he loses all the nice outfits that he ever buys literally every time. Anytime we have to go somewhere, I'm like, John, we have to go get you another suit. He's like, well, what happened to my other one? I'm like, I don't know. You must have lost it because it's gone. They're all gone. They evaporate. <laughs> well, you did None tell of me them he was, exist. Like, not partial to anything like that, like his clothing memorabilia. He's not. He's but like you should hang on to some of these because then he gets mad when he's got to go out and buy another suit. And I'm like, well, dude, yeah. like don't maybe don't be so reckless, you maniac. Yeah. He's nuts. Lose it. <laughs> don't lose it but anyways it was a beautiful wedding um Corey graves carmella they they looked amazing it was i had so much fun it was so nice to see people and change out of my sweats for fucking 30 minutes you know it was it was nice to get dressed up for a minute i loved your dress by the way so Thanks. cute oh thank gosh. you, you really thanks looks like a million bucks 
Thanks, bud. Yeah. Um, and speaking of weddings, Nikki Bella has said that the date has been set for her and Artem. It, she's teased that it's fall of 2022. No date has been released to the public yet, but the wedding may air on the E! Network. Would you ever be down to having something like that? Like having a birth of a child, which is different. I would not want cameras in and around my body during yeah. that time. No. Uh, would something like a wedding. Would uh, you be down for that? I you gotta think of the pros and cons here. Yeah, it depends on the camera crew. I mean, I've had some really cool camera crews. Yeah. I've had some really awesome people. And the people behind the camera are really important. Like, if I don't fucking like that course. person, no, I don't want you at my wedding. Sure. But if you're cool, if it's maybe somebody that I've worked with before and I know um, they're willing to just kind of be fly on the wall, like, yeah, of course. Because you know what? They always put the be- together the best videos. Like, Oh, when- they do. That It would be yeah. nice to have your wedding on video like that. Like, John and I right? have, like, a blurry photo where, like, it's just me, him, and Blue, our dog. Like, they're the terrible photos. Yeah. So um, I wish we had the better. best content. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't mind that. Like when Johnny proposed to me, it was a total surprise and I didn't know, but the camera crew was there and they put together this amazing video. Um, you know, they even had like a drone and everything. I mean, it's, they captured our entire engagement. That's something I wouldn't have. That's cool. I would just have photos if it wasn't for them. So sure. I could appreciate that. And especially you don't have to pay him for it. Like, come on, how expensive those video packages can be? And not only that, but like you imagine for either, they're not just paying for the video footage, you know, they're going to be, you know, I'm sure they'll give you some more money for other things, whether it's for the flowers or like who knows how much of it they're paying for. Yeah, I would Why say. Why not? I mean, um, yep. Yeah, She's already in the E family. Anytime. It's not, yeah, it's not like it's unfamiliar to her to have cameras around her during important right. moments. She's so used to it. So like, why not? I don't know. And yeah. I, I like personally, I just think like, and I think it's just more because John especially is uh, is so private, so it would just simply never fly for us. But I do not. I, I think for for Nicole and for Artem, yeah, why not get that out there, get that thing paid for, and let us all watch your wedding because we know it's going to be like over what, the top and what, beautiful. What does is, what is John's social media look like? What is there? It's it's, it's it exists, but he doesn't run it. Oh yeah, it's so. it's like. It, it's just for output. Here's this fight. Here's this thing. Here's this gotcha. other thing I'm doing that like somebody else puts out there. Um, not he really much lifestyle me, stuff, so. right? Like not like. Oh my God, no. No baby. No uh-uh. you. Not really. Nothing. No, no. He Like if it was up to him, he wouldn't even be on it. Like he does not participate. <laughs> and kudos to him. It's funny because yeah, anytime I mean, like, you know, even when we had Paul Felder on, we're talking thing. about when people talk a little shit or whatever. And he's like, why do you even care? Why are you even looking at this? And I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was as cool as you, but not. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not easy to do in this day and age to just have, you know, no Fs to give, but I know. kudos to your husband. He's done it. He's <laughs> mastered the him. skill set and his fanny pack. I dig it. And the fanny pack. God, he needs a new fanny pack. That thing probably is carrying some kind I of I want disease. a fanny pack. I need one. Oh, get one. Listen, I love them. Pack. They're great. Yeah. I have one called Kibu, and they it's also a diaper bag. I'll send you the link. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas.
Sirius XM Podcasts.